Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Have you caught a dose of FCS fever? Welcome to the FCS Fever Podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres Media Feed. Now, here's your host of the FCS Fever Podcast, Jeff Colhane. All right, let's fire it up. Let's get it going. Another edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. My name is Jeff Colhane. Folks, it is playoff season. Are you fired it up? You're ready to get it fired up and ready to get it going? I know I am. The bracket is unveiled. It is out. I'm excited about it. And every year we could, you know, we could play this game. We could do this dance. We could bark and say how we were not a big fan of the bracket and all this, that, and the other. Boy, I'll tell you what, I really do think the FCS playoff committee did a fantastic job. I really do. It is not an easy task, even under normal circumstances with normal parameters on a bracket. And uh, I, I tell you what, I, I think they did a fantastic job. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about it. I do have some complaints, do have some beefs. I also have a few items that I want to get to on what the bracket should look like in a normal set of circumstances with normal parameters. And I'm going to roll through that today here on the show. We're going to hear from Matt Larson, who is the director of athletics at North Dakota State. He is on the FCS Playoff Selection Committee. I was able to have a conversation on Sunday following the uh, the unveiling of the FCS playoff bracket to go behind the curtain as much as we could to hear what he had to say about this whole thing is set up. So Matt Larson will join us uh, on the program. Uh, overall, from what I know, this is the process of how the bracket is assembled and how it is put together. It starts out by seeding one through eight. And I think you start out at the top and try and get one and two correct because those are uh, the two big spots in the bracket because it means you have home field advantage throughout the entire FCS playoffs. And even though Kurt Signetti tweeted out he thought they should be the two seed, I'm sorry, Coach, I disagree. You do not have a better resume than NDSU this season. I feel like the, uh, the committee got it right. You could you know, fight tooth and nail about Sam Houston not having a great resume and you would be on paper with the blind taste test ultimately right, but I knew, and, and a part of me agrees, Sam Houston's the defending spring national champions. They've won 20-plus games in a row. They've been the number one team in the rankings in the entire season, essentially. They win their conference. They, they beat up teams in their conference. Um, they only played 10. They could have played 11. Yeah, there's a few things here or there you could look at and say they could have done maybe a little bit more. 
but I knew the committee was going to put them as a top two. It doesn't matter to me who's the one or the two seed. That has no bearing because the bracket is not ranked one through 24. Doesn't matter. I've seen a one seed have a much tougher road to Frisco than a two seed in years past. So all that matters is if you get a top two. That's really all that matters, and they got it right. Sam Houston is the one. NDSU is the two. James Madison is the three. And then things could get, you you could kind of dive into this and break it all down from that point in time. But uh, the top three are 100% correct overall. They got the top eight right as far as I'm concerned. I think the Valley would have liked to have seen Missouri State on on the eight line potentially. But the Valley was just so strong this year, hence the fact that they're the second conference ever to get six teams in the playoffs, um, it, it just it beat itself up underneath of NDSU. And that's why you don't see another Valley team in the top eight overall. You can move some things around, uh, I suppose, with your top eight rankings. Uh, ETSU is at number seven. Yeah, I suppose you could put them at number eight, have Montana State at number seven overall. Uh, Eastern Washington, I know, probably feels snubbed. They beat Portland State on Saturday night. They're a two-loss team. They lost a couple of games at home, one to a non-playoff team in Weber State. They have a win against Montana at home. Um, But Eastern Washington is essentially knocked out due to ETSU uh, getting in and having a tremendous year with a win over an SEC opponent as a one-loss team. So, uh, again, don't have a huge problem with that. Uh, there, There are a couple of things, many things after this, where you can be frustrated, and I am. Uh, it's not the committee's fault. It's how the NCAA does it because they want to nickel and dime this bracket to pinch a few pennies and save a little bit of money. And so that's where uh, this begins in trying to um, you know, voice some frustrations here with this FCS playoff field. Okay, so let me start with this. Um, I want to start out. And I want to say I really do strongly feel that the committee did a fantastic job, okay, with the parameters that are placed on them by the NCAA. I wish, and I've said this before, this is nothing new, I wish the NCAA would not nickel and dime this playoff and have these regionalized matchups to try and save money. Because I really feel like even coming out of a pandemic, the NCAA has plenty of money to cough up a few more flights to make this an actual ranked bracket across the board. Am I privy to the books? I am not. I am not. uh, I am not privy to the books, but I do believe knowing that they have a billion dollar TV contract with Turner and CBS for the NCAA men's basketball tournament that they can find two or $300,000 somewhere in there to get a couple of flights lined up. And as well, with the amount of money they have made off of some of these teams from ticket sales, NDSU is one of them throughout the last decade, they can probably give back a little bit to the division. That's one big beef of many that many have with the NCAA. And for those of us that follow the FCS, that cover it, for those of us, coaches, livelihoods are based upon winning and losing to be treated like a normal playoff bracket would be would be a nice thing. And 
that's one thing that the, the NCAA just hasn't done. They have not promoted this division well. They have not financed it very well or pumped money into it the way they could. doesn't have to be a ton of cash, but they just haven't. They, they really, and, and the way they should. I'm not saying they don't at all. They do, but, it, but it's obvious they could do better is, is my point. And they could do better when it comes to the bracket. I'm, I'm not, uh, again, the playoff committee has a very, very difficult job here. And I think, again, they did a fantastic job. I, I'm, I'm, I think they did really well. I really do. I think this bracket is solid. I think it's good. And so, yeah, there's some frustrations in there. There's no question about it. And think of a team like Eastern Washington that brought them up. Hey, they went Saturday night. They come from behind and beat Portland State. They believe they're a top eight seed in the bracket. Four Big Sky teams in there overall. Then they find out on Sunday that they're not only not a top eight, they're going to host. And not only are you going to host, you're going to play a team in northern Iowa that had about four or five scenarios work their way to get them into the field at six and five. And yeah, oh, by the way, Northern Iowa's pretty darn good. And that is a tough matchup for a team that probably was number nine in the rankings if you rated them out one through 24 to have a team like Northern Iowa at home. And that's the thing about this bracket. The top eight is what they want to get right. They do get it right most years for the most part. And then after that, it's not a a ranking system. It's about the regionalization. It's about saving money for the NCAA. And that's where the most frustration stems from this thing for me. So when you see the tweets from the FBS and Power 5 school fans out there saying, see, look, can it be done this way? Well, yes, but you don't want it to be completely done this way. You want to have your ranking system. You want to go through 1 through 16 or 1 through 24 or hopefully 1 through 12 when the college football playoff expands somewhere down the line and do it that way, not with the NCAA nickel and diming and doing this regionalization thing with trying to save money and all that crap. That's not how you want it to look. So we went and did it ourselves instead. I asked my guy Keith Brake here at Bison 1660 who does a great job. Hey, Keith, how would you rank this thing 9 through 24? We'll take the committee's rankings 1 through 8, but how would you rank this bad boy 9 through 24, and how would it look overall with the setup of a true bracket with the rankings? You'd have 9 versus 20 facing each other and moving on to take on number 8. 10 and 19 facing each other, moving on and taking on number 7. 11 versus 18, moving on to face number 6. 12 and 17, moving on to face number 5. 13 and 16, moving on to face number 4. And 14 and 15, moving on to face the 3 seed in the bracket. And here's where it should lie out with the top two seeds. The top two should be rewarded for what they have done in the regular season. You work your tails off. You put in the same amount of time that the high major, the power five schools do. You you watch as much film. You do all the things you're supposed to do to win games. So Sam Houston and North Dakota State, what do they get? They get a regionalized second round game. NDSU may have to play the same team in the second round. They played to end the regular season. That's not how this thing should look or how it should work out overall. So what do you do? You see 21 through 24, 21 versus 24 goes to number one, 
22 versus 23 goes to number two. So as we rated these out, help from my good friend Keith Brake from Bison 1660 in Fargo, you would have 21 uh, in the bracket is Stephen F. Austin out of the WAC AQ7. 24 is Davidson out of the Pioneer Football League. That's how it would look. You would have Davidson at Stephen F. Austin. The winner would face Sam Houston, the number one seed. 22 is Florida A&M. FAMU taking on 23. That is Sacred Heart out of the NEC. The winner of that one heads to Fargo to take on the two seed, NDSU. You get rewarded for having a great season and winning your conference outright like both Sam Houston and the Bison did, and that's how you do it. That's the right way to do it overall. And how would the rest of the Culhane Playoff Committee bracket look? Well, I'll tell you what, the committee did a pretty good job here with how this thing is ranked out, how we looked at it on our end. They actually have, with how you lay out the rankings and how you'd make it look, we had UT Martin as the 20 seed taking on Missouri State. That's actually a first-round matchup, a first-round setup overall. The winner goes to Montana State. Then you would have, in a matchup, heading towards the number four seed, 13 through 16, that's USD. The Coyotes, the way we rank this thing out, hosting Kennesaw State. The winner goes to Sacramento State. What about the 12-17 matchup? You have UC Davis taking on Southeastern Louisiana with the Aggies hosting the winner going to Villanova. All right, on the bottom half of the bracket, you'd have 14 versus 15, Northern Iowa versus Southern Illinois. Now you're not supposed to have a first-round playoff matchup that's a rematch from the regular season. So what could you do? You could slide some things around if you would like. The sixth line has the 11 seed, and that's South Dakota State against the 18 Incarnate Word. If you want, you can move some things around there, or I propose you could you could slide some things around this way with how the bracket lays out. Go back up to the four line. Uh, you can move, if you would like, move a couple of things around here or there. You can move southeastern Louisiana to play uh, against USD in the Dakota Dome if you want. You could then move Southern Illinois to play UC Davis if you want to do it that way, if you want to avoid a first-round rematch. That is entirely possible. All right, what about 11 versus 18? We mentioned South Dakota State taking on Incarnate Word. And on the seven line, 10 versus 19, have Eastern Washington taking on Holy Cross in that matchup, 10 versus 19. So that's how it would shake out. That's how it would look. No more bid processes, by the way, NCAA. You've made plenty of money off of these schools to, uh, you know, to try and pinch a few pennies here or there with the bid process. You don't need any of that anymore. That is how it would lay out with the uh, Culhane Playoff Selection Committee here on the FCS Fever Podcast. All right, on Sunday, we were able to catch up with North Dakota State Director of Athletics Matt Larson, who's on the FCS Playoff Selection Committee. He was also the chair of the NCAA Softball Tournament Selection Committee back last spring into early last summer. Started out the conversation with him about the similarities and differences as the chair of the softball committee and being a part of this FCS playoff committee this time around. Well, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. And, um, you know, some similarities and certainly some differences. I I think the one big difference is 
you know, uh, fielding a, a 64-team bracket versus a 24-team bracket. So just just a different process from that standpoint. But a lot of the same conversations that we had at the FCS level we're having, or excuse me, at the softball level we're having at the FCS level. And so great conversations, 11 um, really good ADs in terms of wanting to put together the best bracket. Well, regionalization obviously is a big part of this, and we're certainly seeing this come uh, into fruition, into play once again, Matt, with some of the first-round matchups then funneling into the second-round matchups overall. For NDSU, let folks know what when, when NDSU is talked about or discussed, you have to leave the room correct, and I think a lot of people would look at it and say they're maybe a little surprised they see the three Valley schools kind of funneled in the same uh, pod there with SIU USD coming, the winner coming to NDSU in the second round. Okay. Well, well a couple of things there. First off, you're right. Any, anytime anybody's team uh, that's part of the committee is under consideration, they have to, they have to leave the room. And so, so during the seating process or during bracketing process, you know, I had to be out of the room. And so that's a pretty considerable amount of time. Um, certainly are in there a lot when we're looking at, who the field is going to be and have a lot of conversation and input from that standpoint. So, so really happy that we, you know, six Valley teams uh, were able to make the, make the bracket in terms of the regionalization piece you talked about. There's a couple of bracketing principles uh, that are in place when you're looking at really all NCAA championships, but specifically with FCS, uh, typically you can have a, a first round rematch. Um, and so you'll notice in our bracket, South Dakota and Southern Illinois did not play each other during the regular season. Yep. And then there's the regional piece about, you know, bus, uh, buses versus flights, you know, 400 mile radius. And so that's why in the past people realize, remember we got South Dakota State at our place a lot in the second round with South Dakota State and South Dakota. Pretty good being in pretty good chance. One of them was going to be coming to to uh, North Dakota State. And then obviously, again, with SIU not playing them, that's where that matchup came from. How- and the other piece, too, is the other piece, too, is with only one seated Valley team yeah. and five other teams, you know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of other options. Right. Right. How, how hard is it? How much is it discussed, Matt, where when a team last played another team in the regular season and how to try and put the bracket together, you know, specifically, I guess with, with NDSU mm-hmm. and USD and then Eastern or excuse me, UC Davis and Sacramento state, is that a big discussion point when you're trying to make this fit together? Um, it, you know, it's, if you can, if you can make it not happen within the principles, you know, I think we would, we would always look to do that. Uh, but given the principles that we have, you know, a, 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 a rematch in the second round is, is not one of the guiding principles. And so, you know, there's been times in the past where that's, that's happened. Um, and so I think it's a little bit of a function of, again, the regionalization piece and just where teams can slot in. UC Davis didn't have a lot of options in terms of where they could go drivable distance. And so that's why you see them with the rematch at Sac State, as well as USD at NDSU, potentially USD at NDSU. Matt, um, I'm curious. I mean, one thing that fans put a ton of emphasis on when they start trying to sort out the bracket is uh, head-to-head results. Um, sometimes even you know teams with significantly different win-loss records could be uh, put together based on head-to-head by folks. How much emphasis was was put on head-to-head results between teams in the room, especially you know just the the last couple of the last 24 hours we had a very significant head-to-head result in Montana, Montana State. Yeah, it's hard to, to give a, a hard and fast answer to that. A lot of it really depends on who the teams are, what's the rest of their, their resume look like, you know, and so it's, it's one data point we absolutely look at, but it's a data point in addition to probably five or six other data points that we're matching when you look at two teams side by side. So that's certainly a big piece, but it's not the only piece. And so we're really looking at a number of different criteria 
And in some cases, um, the head-to-head matters. It certainly does. And in other cases, again, with differing resumes, you know, maybe not as important of a data point. How important is it, do you think, for the, the Valley to get all the teams in that they got in, to get six in the bracket? What were those discussions like? And what does it say about the conference NDSU was in? Well, I, I think, you know, and again, this is, you know, Matt Larson's personal opinion, you know, having, you know, seeing the Valley week in and week out, I, I, I feel like it's the deepest and the strongest league um, in, the, in the country. And, and I would say this, I think, you know, again, I talked about the, you know, the, the, ten, the 10 other ADs that are on the league, and I think they have a great respect for the Valley. But, you know, I go back to it's not about when we're going through this process, we're not looking at conference affiliation. We're looking at resumes and really trying to put the best 24 teams in and really the, the, the 13 at law, the 13 best at large, regardless of what their conference affiliation is. And uh, so almost you want to do almost like a blind test and say, hey, let's put the 13 best. And so, um, but again, I think it speaks really, really highly about the Valley. You know, yesterday was a crazy day with, you know, a lot of teams controlled their own destiny, um, you know, and some won and some didn't. And so, you know, that certainly opened the door and an opportunity for uh, for the Valley. What sold the committee on Florida A&M? You know, stripping obviously the swack and, and the, the name of the school off of it. What, what, when you look at the numbers, you look at the data, what sold the committee on Florida A&M as an at-large team? Well, I think nine and two overall, eight division one wins, uh, which was which is again, you know, every team outside of the ones that are not eligible for the championship, meaning you know your Ivy League, uh, Jackson State, who, who qualified for the Celebration Bowl, is in the bracket, and you know they had some they had some they had some quality wins. The margin of victory in most of their games was significant. You know, Jackson State, who uh, who had been ranked uh, throughout the year. They lose two in the opening game by by one point, and so just really thought. And then again, you know, the opportunity to watch them play a fair amount throughout the year, and just just felt like you know they were um, they were deserving of a of an at large spot. Uh, before I let you go, uh, when you when you start putting this together, I know you guys really want to get the top eight correct before you start putting the bracket together. How how difficult and tenuous was that with some of the results yesterday from what you you had Friday night? to what you got to on Saturday evening? Well, again, I'm out of the room for that part. Um, I, you know, if it's similar to the process we take when we're, we're trying to identify who the 24 teams is, um, it's an arduous process, again, especially when you're getting to that point where, you know, the difference between a first-round buy, home field advantage in some cases is really important. And so, you know, I, I think I'm assuming our group was very critical in terms of evaluating um, team by team and, and, you know, putting their resumes side by side and ultimately coming up with the, you know, the top eight seeds. And so, um, you know, I feel really good about the bracket. I think the committee feels really good about the bracket in terms of, of who's representing FCS this year and, and, uh, and where it all shook out. Hey, Matt, we appreciate the time. Travel safe. And we'll, uh, we'll see you here this week. Thanks for coming on for a few minutes. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, a look behind the curtain right there from NDSU Athletics Director Matt Larson here on the FCS Fever Podcast. The other voices you heard in there were my colleagues in Fargo, Keith Brake and Andy Rickoff, doing a great job with that. There's no doubt about it. Hey, college football is rolling, and our partners at DraftKings Sportsbook have an incredible offer for college football fans. For new users, bet $1, just $1 on any game, and if your team scores one point, you get $100 in free bets. That's right, you heard that correctly. One dollar, one game, one hundred dollars in free bets. Here's what you do: click the link in the show description for the FCS Fever podcast. Sign up for a new account with DraftKings Sportsbook and make your first deposit. Make a one dollar bet on any team, and if your one team scores one point, 
You get an automatic $100 thanks to our friends at DraftKings. It's the best offer going in sports betting, so act now. You or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537 in Illinois. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia, 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, or call, text the Tennessee red line at 1-800-889-9789, 21 and older, 18 and older in Wyoming, Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit. Minimum $1 wager eligibility. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. All right, we'll be back later on this week, and we'll uh, throw some predictions at you. Also have a preview of some of the matchups and some of the big games. What are some of the games I want to highlight here early on, early in the week? Well, without a doubt, there's no question to me the matchup of the weekend is Northern Iowa at Eastern Washington, a 3 p.m. Central time, 1 p.m. Pacific time kick at the Inferno on the red turf. I said it before, Eastern's thinking they're a top eight seed. They don't get that, and they get Northern Iowa coming to their place. And if they win, they go beat a, play a team they beat earlier this season in Montana on their home field if that goes down that way. So it's a tough uh, draw there for Northern Iowa, no question about that. NDSU may play a team they just beat last weekend in South Dakota, Southern Illinois at USD. That's on Saturday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time. On the other side of the bracket, UC Davis at South Dakota State. I tell you what, South Dakota State did not get a top eight seed, but I don't mind their path, their road to Frisco with how it shakes out. They win They'd be the team on the road at Sacramento State. I bet the Jackrabbits would be favored in that game and then potentially playing a game at number 5 seed Villanova, a team that is not a a power conference team in the FCS to keep an eye on. How about the Holy Cross Crusaders? That's right. We had Bob Chesney on the pod back earlier on in the season. Holy Cross at home against Sacred Heart, and then they go to Villanova, Holy Cross has some nice wins at Monmouth and UConn earlier this year. Don't sleep on the Crusaders. That's all I'm telling you folks right here and right now. All right, that's going to do it for us. My name is Jeff Colhane, a playoff edition of the FCS Fever Podcast. You know what to do. Subscribe, like, comment, do the deal. We're back later in the week with some previews and predictions of the first round of the FCS playoffs. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Go back for seconds. We'll talk to you later in the week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.